back in my day, and this is probably before your time, young fella. You, you ever thought that you'd be saying back in my day? <laughs> well, here I am. <laughs> like you officially just said that. You, you officially just became that guy. I know. I, I, <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, I used to ride around my BMX bike without a helmet until dark and come home when the streetlights come on. No, we, we didn't have... We didn't have phones. This guy just said back in my day. <laughs> Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hey there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Schramko. James, how you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Ezra. It is the start of a lovely Wednesday here, and I imagine it's probably a Tuesday p.m. on your neck of the woods. Yeah, Tuesday at 6.30, and I got a rabbit problem. <laughs> what is it with you? And, you know, if you live on the land, you're going to have animals. Well, what happened was like this, 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 I don't know how they multiplied so quick. Like at one point, like, yeah, like it feels like a week ago, there was like one of them and literally now they are everywhere and they found this little hole under my deck and they're under the deck now and I can't get them out. And they just like, they're not afraid of me either, which a little bit annoys me. They just don't care. They look me right in the eye and just keep chewing on grass. Like, yeah, buddy, you're not a problem. Like, like, like they're just not concerned with me at all. And they're right. They're right. They've got me pegged. They, they know I'm a mark. They know I'm not going to do anything to them. You know, so I'm being hustled by rabbits, man. We have a wave problem here at the moment. Oh, well, I would much rather have some waves than... uh, No, no, that's the problem. There are none. Oh, well, that's a bummer. It's Lake Manly. It's been like this for a a week, and I think it's looking like another week. I'm starting to get a bit uh, itchy. Maybe I have to travel somewhere. Yeah, or get a paddleboard and just go out there and, you know, paddle around. (sighs) Really? Like, to become a sweeper is, I don't know... It's, I mean, it's not like... Is that the lingo term for a paddleboarder? Yeah, if you look at someone paddleboarding, they look like they're sweeping, doing the sweeping, sweeping the paths. We call them sweepers. <laughs> to become a sweeper. I didn't realize we look, we look down on paddleboarders. A little bit because, you know, they're big and in a crowded place like here, they, uh, you know, they, they can collide they into people. get on every wave. And, yeah. Well, you uh, can't go out and try to surf with one of those things, right? You got to be cool, right? You can't just be out there on a boat, like getting in everyone's way. Well, they do. They, they surf the lineup, but they, they can sit out back. They can catch the waves before us. And when they do fall off, there's a lot of vessel floating around. Yeah, that's terrifying. In in Florida, I think they're trying to license them, make them register them like a boat. So that'll be interesting. I'm I'm not down on sups. I find it I mean, I enjoyed when we went supping and you tried to knock me off a few times and I didn't fall off and you did, which was quite fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was trying to get you. I was trying. That was my first sup as well. Yeah. Down at Uncle Brian's. Well, you should uh oh, Uncle Brian any of you North Shore uh, people will know of uh, Uncle Brian, uh, Sunset Surratt Surf School. Shout out to Uncle Brian on the North Shore. He's the, uh, he sort of runs the paddleboard school out there. Uh, yeah, I tried to knock you off, and Karma came back and got me and uh, booted me off my boat. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? We're, we're talking about simplify. Yeah, and, simplifying. Yeah, because uh, let's, first let's define it. If you look up the dictionary, it'll say to make less complex – or complicated, make plainer or easier. You know, they probably could have just used less words in the definition, but yeah. <laughs> you know, today we're going to address simplify. 
what is it, how are you using it, and how is it affecting your business and your life? And that's really what we talk about here in Think At Get. So um, the first thing we did was actually simplify the title. We were going to have simplification, and we decided to simplify that and just make it simplify. You know, I see this, James, so often with especially new entrepreneurs, and there's one friend who I have in mind whose name I won't uh, bring up because I don't want to offend them, but there's this shiny object syndrome where people want to do a million things. They want to go really wide like a shotgun rather than super deep like let's say a spear or something. And my big secret in business has been that I go really, really deep on one thing before I move on to do other things. Like I don't have a million things going on at once. I get really amazing at one individual skill or one particular business. And I think that um, the problem that we see with entrepreneurs is that they try to do too many things at once because they're creatives, because they can hold a lot, because they're taking a lot of responsibility in their life and doing a lot of things. But actually, the depth of investment of time and energy into one area ends up being like a better investment rather than trying to do a million different things. And and people are going to look at me and say, oh, Ezra, like you are uh, you're sitting here with Boom by Cindy Joseph, Be Friendly Sincare, Smart Marketers, Zipify Apps. Like, what are you talking about? You're like not living that. But the truth is that I built those one at a time. I, and then as they got more sort of, you know, as they got bigger and as more stuff was going on, I was less and less involved in the operations so I could move my attention. And so I, did, I didn't do them all at once. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think they're looking at the more mature version of where you're at in life. And you have over the, the many years built up team and you know, passed on some of the things that you're doing and you've certainly acquired knowledge that has allowed you to refine and replace ideas with more leveraged concepts. So you're using a lot of leverage. For example, some of, some yes. of the tools that are running your business, if you were to step back, like you're using like at the core just a few simple principles. One of them, for example we were talking about recently is own the race course which is the concept that i've been sharing for five years or so and that whole premise is you've managed to build your business feeding it from places like facebook but you still built a store that's on your own domain and you have control of that so that guideline or those train tracks if you like make it simpler for the train to roll on because you've got a filter to make decisions for. And as it grows, you've recognized that you can't hold on to everything. You can't be running the ads and packing boxes and sourcing product and building your website. You have to bring in people to help you with those things because you run out of time. Totally. The the analogy that I've been giving uh, to people these days is like, I spent my whole career driving running the ads and building the sites and working with the designers and like being like the driver. And what I realized was that as I grew, it was really hard to drive and navigate at the same time. Like if I'm on the road looking at the road, I can't be up above seeing what mountains are in the, in the distance. So now what I'm like working towards and what I'm doing, like probably 95% of my time is navigating rather than driving. So I'm sitting up at the very top, kind of looking at where things are going and where we need to be and like sort of holding the vision and letting other people do the driving. And that switch has been a simplification. It's been a simplification in my life, but it's also given me more leverage and it's actually increased the business. And I think that's a common 
path for entrepreneurs is that we spend our we start as the doers and then as we learn to delegate as we learn to get help as we learn to systematize and organize and process we end up doing more navigation than driving and i think it's a really nice sort of analogy for the arc of of entrepreneurship yeah it's like the difference between bushwalking around a river mouth or a, a nature reserve versus sitting under a nice little cabana with uh, a a glass of water and ice and navigating a drone above the valley and having a look around and seeing this amazing view and you know being able to to see uh, the waves lapping the shore and the trees from above and the ravines you know uh totally and one piece of kickback i've been getting when when i bring this up from people is like well I like doing the work and you are not in touch with the work anymore. And it's like, you know what? Actually, I'm more in touch with the work that I want to be doing because it doesn't mean that I stop 100% of driving. It means that I touch base and I drive in the places that I want to drive, but I'm not bogged down by doing the things that actually just suck up my energy that I'm not super interested in. So I'm actually more in touch than I was when I was doing everything, if that makes sense, because there's choice with where I'm putting my attention. Is that does that sort of am I did I articulate that in a way that you you were able to sort of follow? It does. I think people are attached to that stoic approach, and that is okay. It's okay to chop wood and build fire and boil water. Like it's okay to have that routine. There's people who like to get out there and roll up the sleeves and get the calluses and do the work. I have a friend of mine who is a landscape gardener. Him and I used to work in the Mercedes Benz dealership together. And he is—he just likes to get out there in the garden with a shovel and do manual labor. It's, it's hard to explain, but he has this super stoic desire to just work. That's how he equates you know, value in life. And, and I think this is because the system makes us like this. We actually get trained that money is hard work, that we've got to work hard for our money, it's, it doesn't grow on trees, that um, you know, we have to follow instructions. So I think that some of the complexity that we build into our life is because we've been overlaid with how we're supposed to think, uh, what sort of car we're supposed to drive, what house we need to live in, which clothes we have to wear, what food we should eat, which you know which uh, belief system we have to have and and all of this makes it a bit confusing and if you can start stripping some of that away with a, a basic level of curiosity like um, you know what do i want what do i think is important and then you see people like these uh, minimalists they sort of question those things and they say do do you own things or do things own you does having more make you happier or does it make you less happy? And I think that there's, if you want to start to simplify, it's about letting go of stuff. And I've seen some very, very interesting feedback. I've spent a couple of weekends helping out some bloggers. And they are lovely people. These people are so nice. And a lot of them are creative and passionate. And they can write and they can do beautiful design and they have lovely looking websites a lot of them started with the blog and no monetization system they use this word monetization which is it's a weird sort of a word for anyone outside of our industry but they've started with 
the creative side, but without an actual business. So they they get very complex and they start mapping stuff when they're trying to plan how am I going to make money from this idea which is by the way is exactly the 100% wrong way (laughs) to go about business start with a starving crowd and make the hamburgers and then sell it to them don't don't think I want to make fantastic sprinkles toast and and then then try and figure out how to sell that stuff anyway was there a uh, toast sprinkle maker a maker of of sprinkles I, I I don't (laughs) <laughs> don't know, but you know the toaster was a flop when it uh, sliced bread was a flop when it came out. That's just an interesting story. It was very un, unsuccessful. I think the guy who invented the toaster actually went died broke, but um, that's for another day. The thing is, when these people start mapping out their monetization plan, I was finding this repeated pattern. They're doing these big um, diagrams and maps and checklists and. They're trying to research every single phase. They're trying to line up all their ducks in a row. And this is all normal, by the way. And I did it 10 years ago. <laughs> I drew things in my journal that look like the wiring diagram from the NASA space shuttle, like <laughs> seriously complex. And then I come along and I just say, well, you know, if you just uh, like remove all of this, just build this here. Usually it will be the offer page. Just build the offer page. You know what? Just build a waiting list. Put a waiting list up. And just put a link to that from all of the content that you've already got. Let's see if we can at least get you some people on a waiting list for the promise of this offer before we build anything. And they go, wow, far out, man. This making it simple stuff is good because I was making everything way too complex. And I can see the relief just going, you know, like the... They're completely changed. So I've got a couple of tips that might help uh, with the simplification process that could be worth covering. Should we get into some of them? Yeah, before you do them, I just want to say one thing, which is I agree with everything that you're saying. And I want to add that one of the reasons why I think, especially for business owners, simplify and simplification is such an interesting topic and one to think about is more often than not, you hear about golden handcuffs and you hear about them in relationship to people who work for companies who are making so much money that they can't afford to leave because they've built this lifestyle that costs this amount of money, but they're miserable. But you don't hear about golden handcuffs from the entrepreneurship perspective. And I want to talk about that for a quick second, which is what I see happening a lot to people who are my peers is they build these operations that end up as they grow and as they scale, taking more and more and more of their energy to the point where they are like handcuffed to this giant operation that they've built that now employs their family members. That's now like supporting their life that they have not figured out how to simplify along the way so that it doesn't take over their world and their business ends up becoming their whole life and they don't have room for hobbies, they don't have room for relationships. And so the process of simplifying and the process of delegation and the process of doing that along the way is a great strategy so that you're not ending up at the very end of the rope where you have something and now you're like, oh my God, I can't escape this thing and how do I simplify it? So so I think wherever you are in your journey, especially if you're in the beginning or the middle, it's a good time to really adopt these uh, suggestions that James is about to make. Yeah, exactly. So I think a couple of things that are going to help you get down that simplify path. Uh, one is just question everything you've got going on right now and just think like, is is this... Does this make sense? Like, is it logical? Should something actually be this hard? Because I think we've been sold a bit of a lie that things have to be complex. You often hear this saying, uh, 
it's not easy, but it's simple. And a lot of the very best ideas are quite simple to explain. Uh, like if you think about Uber or Facebook or um, Airbnb, you could explain that fairly simply, right? The concept? Yes. The concept is pretty straightforward. So why do people make it so hard to sell you know, a box of whatever on their e-commerce store? It's, it's not as hard. And to think, what can, what can you actually curate or take out of what you're going? And, and often the, the, the sort of quick start idea that I have is, where do you want to end up? And so I ask people this and they're like, well, in two to three years from now or five years from now or whatever, I'm going to start with this and then do this and da, 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 and get to there. I'm, so my question is often, can you just go straight there? A good example is the Ascension model. You know that one where you've got to give away a free thing and then a, a tripwire for $10 and then a $97 a month membership and then you offer them a $1,000 yes. thing and then they can have a $5,000 workshop and then a $10,000 mastermind or whatever. My question is, why don't you just sell the $10,000 mastermind? Like, skip all that other stuff. Like, go straight for your best customer. Well, look at Smart Marketer, right? Like, what did we start with? We started with Blue Ribbon. That was the first thing we sold. Exactly, because we, we're doing the chocolate wheel. Like, let, you know, spin the wheel and find the right product for the customer straight away. Like, like that's what uh, Ryan's segmentation is with Ask. Uh, it's getting to the right path quickly, we can bypass all of the unnecessary steps. So um, other things have really simple models for things that other people make complex. And, and another example is selling. People make this very complex. They have a lot of ickiness about it and, and weird feelings. Once you have a different model that makes it easy, then selling becomes simple. So if you want to simplify your entire business, think of selling as simply... Uh, the process of change from the current situation to a better alternative situation. That being the case, all you're doing when you're selling is helping people be better off. That is it. So everything in your marketing is simply answering the question, you know, how, can I, how can I help a customer or a prospect see that they'll be better off for having this thing that happens to be on my e-commerce store uh, or you know, this information that that I deliver for people. And by the way, in terms of handcuffs, you were talking about the e-commerce handcuffs they build a business. I think in my my market, hmm. the golden handcuffs are actually blue and white handcuffs. I think it's Facebook. People just get in there and they're just stuck in there? Well, what they're doing, they're setting up all these groups and now they're owned by Facebook. Oh my God. Not only has they've been recruited by Facebook to create content and give them a product they can monetize with ads. Um, but now they have to log into this thing all the time and they get nagged and, and like basically they've they've sort of made this trade. They have said, for the rest of my life, I'm going to log into this place every day, all day. <laughs> and I just really get concerned about that. You know, the Facebook group thing is tough, man, because a lot of people are, are pushing it right now. And it's like, I certainly... Right. So for me, that was a huge simplification because you know that I'm always trying to, you know, I'm tuning life. I'm seeing how... How efficient can I get this machine? For me, uh, one of the big, big things was, okay, I'm not going to commit much time to Facebook because I can see that being a major problem. And in fact, I think it'll um, lead to serious uh, social disease in the future. Like you, you look at how many people are glued to their little phone when you're out and about. It's pretty frightening. Yeah. That's why I say like success is not 
being down at the beach with your laptop. Success is being at the beach without your laptop. There will be a whole revolution in the, in the future where success will be defined by how analog your life is. So I'm saying let's go there a little bit now. Still have an analog watch. I'm not rocking an iWatch. That's even if I wear a watch, which I don't all the time. And I spend a lot of time away from my device because I'm lucky I'm in that generation that grew up with computers, but we weren't they weren't strapped to us as we came out of the womb. Mm. <laughs> like like the next generation after me and the ones after like some people have never grown up without back in my day and this is probably before your time young fella you, you ever thought that you'd be saying back in my day <laughs> well here i am <laughs> like you officially just said that you, you officially just became that guy i know I, I, <laughs> but it's okay i mean i used to ride around my bmx bike without a helmet <laughs> until dark and come home when the street lights come on no we, we didn't have we didn't have phones this guy just said back in my day <laughs> No, I hear you. I hear you. I, I, you know, like I'm actually 46 years old, and that's that's um, exciting because I'm in that phase of my life where like, I'm seeing all these 26 year olds and 36 year olds who are doing that big testosterone King Kong chest beating phase of life, and we've all been there. The the males that I'm talking to will know this. We just go through that phase. We have to make our mark on the world. Mm. I'm seeing them compromise themselves with too much complexity. And, and what happens is they often have a massive blowout. I, I see people on Facebook that there's an enormous wave of people with depression who seem to be doing vulnerable shares. There's a lot of drug takers and nootropic takers who are sharing that sort of stuff because they just can't be productive with you know, eating an apple and drinking water and having a bit of a sleep and doing some exercise, like, you know, <laughs> the good old-fashioned way. It's kind of frightening to see. Or, or you know, society has sold everyone that they can take a pill to feel better, and so people want to take a pill to, like, to feel better. They want to take a pill to lose weight. They want to take a pill to, you know, not feel depressed when, like, actually the road towards feeling better is doing the work to get there. Like, for example, if you're feeling lonely say vulnerable stuff to people, share what's actually going on inside of you. Uh, my grandpa used to have a quote that loneliness was a prison. Loneliness is a prison built with bricks of secrecy, meaning you are lonely because you're not sharing how you feel and what you think with anyone. And like the way out of loneliness, which by the way, you just touched on something that triggered me, which is that a lot of people are lonely, man. And like, and they, they go to the device and they go to the social network to try to sort of cure that loneliness I read this whole article about this, especially men uh, are feeling really isolated and alone right That's now. I, I totally concur. I mean, I already know this, of course, because I've decided to spend most of my energy building communities. Why yeah. do I build communities? Because of the summer camp phenomenon. Like in America, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's not my culture, but you go on these summer vacation camps as kids. I never went to one, but I, but yes, people do that for sure. It's big. It's popular. Yeah. Well, like non-hippies? Yeah, non-hippies, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, then, and then at the end, like they all cry when mum and dad come to pick them up because it's over. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. When you create a forever program online, people don't have to leave and they will pay to stay. Mm. There's a tweetable. People will pay to stay. And that's why I don't like lifetime memberships or fixed-term memberships aren't as effective as a forever membership because if people don't want to leave and they're happy to stick around and you're happy to keep 
providing them a solution, then that's a beautiful thing. And that's what my business is. Yeah, I mean, being the catalyst for community, being the catalyst for people to have network and some people to share stuff with. I mean, it's really a, a beautiful thing, actually. It's good work in the world. So, so really what I'm getting at here is what could you put a line through or question that you're doing now that's a bit overcomplicated? How can you get to the end result? How can you start as you wish to continue? And I'll give you one example of that in just a sec. How can you start as you wish to continue? Remember that because it's important. How can you get to the end result quickly? How can you uh, question your, you know, all of the things that you're doing and all of the things that, that you believe are important? Um, you know, knowing the 80-20 the rule and then the, the 64-4, remember that just 4% of the things that you're doing are generating 64% of your outcomes. You could safely cut half the things you're doing and see almost no impact. And for me, I've forgiven myself the burden of having to keep to-do lists, use project management tools, all of those things. I've, le- I've released that burden from my life. I don't care about it anymore. I just have this journal and when I think of something I think is interesting, I just jot it down. And if I'm out and about, I just pull up my notes and I just write it. And the truth is I never really look up most of it again. And just the act of writing it down or thinking about it seems to be enough for me to keep it in my presence. But I've, I've relaxed the burden on having to store, record, collate, systemize, monetize, all this stuff that people get so excited about. I've just let it go and I've relaxed but, but I'll, I'll tell you the start as you wish to continue thing uh, when you're ready. Did you have something you wanted to say? Uh, I'm going to save mine afterwards. I'm going to share a personal okay. experience about sort of something in my life that I've been working on over the last decade. Uh, a lot actually with you and, and other places and, uh, and an example of how I failed at it uh, badly and probably cost myself about 50 grand in the process uh, and how it's like an ongoing lesson. But continue and then I'll, I'll share. Last episode I mentioned I was doing some Forex trading. And I'm using a system which is called Naked Trading. And Naked Trading is without indicators. It's the simplest possible version of it because all indicators are driven from the, the dollar value, right? Or, you know, the, the market. So they're, they're adding something on top. It would be like um, Walter explains it. It's like a, a, a watch. The naked signal is like the time on your watch and indicators are like adding some modification to that. But really, what you really just want is the time. So my end goal with trading is I'd like to be able to trade without indicators from my phone so that it's highly portable. I can read the patterns and place my trades from the trading tool on my phone. So that's how I'm trading. I'm not using my desktop. I'm not using... Uh, robots or automation software. I'm not complicating it from the beginning because I don't want to go through those layers of complication and then have this compromise at the end where now I can't travel or whatever because I can't bring this huge screen and all these machines and indicators and lines and stuff. I just want to be able to have the most pure, raw version of it. And I've had a great run actually in the last couple of days where it's working and I can see that that this is going to be exciting for me. So that's my point about start as you wish to continue. Move to the end goal as early as practical. Mm, totally. And and also like you are 
uh, in that sense, I mean, you're you're identifying what it is you want and then looking at how you can get there the quickest instead of looking at all the steps that you got to take. It's like, no, what is what are we actually shooting for? So like with Smart Marketer, we were shooting for a business that had some profitable income stream. Well, what was the quickest, easiest and also least output way to do that? It was actually to serve the fewest amount of customers, you know, serve the highest value customers first, essentially, which is why we did Blue Ribbon first. And you're, you know, you have high value, like deca millions worth of experience and skill. So you are automatically in a position like it would be ridiculous for you to have $10 tripwires and sell a $37 product on ClickBank. Like it, that's not a good match for your skill set. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, totally, right? I have, I had, I happened to have come with a background, which was nice. So I had a lot to bring to the table. I, I want to take something back to a more practical level and also share a pretty sort of um, big thing that I've been working on in my life that I think you saw in me and sort of have helped me polish in the business realm. But it's also been in my personal life as well. And pretty much like I feel like however you show up in the world is kind of how you show up everywhere. It's like how you show up in business, how you show up in life, how you show up in your relationship. So it's all kind of interconnected. And one of the things with regard to simplify and simplification is sometimes doing less and waiting longer before you do something is actually the simplest route. Like you, you said this really well at one point you were like, listen, everyone's talking about take massive action, but what if you take massive action in the wrong direction? Well, then you're screwing yourself, you know? So you actually want to take informed action, not massive action, right? Like massive informed action, if you have to throw massive in there, because a lot of people really like the massive part. Massive. <laughs> yeah, you want massive. But, but check this out. One of the things that I've really been working on in my life, I think one of my big skill sets is like I'm so eager and so enthusiastic and I move quickly and I go. Um, but what I've been working on is like slowing down, being more deliberate, taking a more informed, like we're just talking about approach, being more polished, like using my energy and my eagerness and my enthusiasm and directing that deliberately rather than just having it be a flame that just burns hot and burns everything in its path and sometimes good does good stuff and sometimes does bad stuff. So let me show you – let me give you an example of, a, of an area where I failed at this and learned this lesson again in my personal life. So we moved to this house in upstate New York, and it's cold here in the winter, and it snows, and you know what? It's a bummer when your car gets covered in snow and you have to dig it out. And so we went through that one winter, and we were like, you know what? We need a carport. So I hired these guys – who were some yeah, just were not real builders. And I was like, just build this thing for me. We'll worry about it when it's done. So then they build this thing. But then it turns out that like, actually you need building permits and actually you need, we built it too close. They were like, don't worry. We know everything we're doing. It's going to be fine. But we built it too close to the neighbor's line. So then we had to go get a variance. And I spent like, I basically, <laughs> I'm, I'm young and dumb in this case with regard to home ownership and have no idea what I'm doing. And so I made this, Huge mistake with move. I moved way quicker than I should have. I should have slowed down. I should have talked to someone who knew what the heck was going on with regard to building stuff. I should have done all that research ahead of time rather than building this whole giant behemoth that Carrie now lovingly calls the Ark, lovingly calls the cathedral because it's this big, <laughs> ugly structure in the front yard that's like way too big for what it needs to be, first of all, you know? Um, and so. I probably spent like more than $50,000 more than I should have on this thing and also ended up with like six months or eight months more of work and going and having to go to in front of the building department and get a variance and all this stuff because I moved quickly 
and I didn't take informed action and I didn't move slowly and deliberately. And so I ended up actually working out because I did a favor for a friend who lives in town who happens to have a development company and came in and like finished it for me for free. So I ended up actually being a wash. So, you know, good karma came around and I ended up not ending spending any more than I could have should have. But it took another eight months to do it than it should have. And it took stress and drama and energy that I shouldn't have had to put into it. So by not going the simplest route and the simplest route would have been to find someone like you, James, a mentor, someone who knows what's going on, get information, move slowly, like all this stuff that I'm working on in general that I worked on in my twenties that has allowed me to be the person that I am, the business owner that I am today, addressing these issues that I had of like, just like wanting to move quickly at the expense of quality, at the expense of, um, you know, taking time essentially. I don't know how to articulate any better than that, but like my big issue in life is that sometimes I'm, I am over eager and I move too fast and I don't make informed decisions and I just take action. And it's like greatest strength, greatest weakness. And there's a balance point there. And this was a big lesson for me because it's like, here's another area in my life where this issue is showing up. This issue of like, you know what? I could have played this way smarter had I been willing to slow down, but I wasn't. And it would have been way simpler had I been willing to slow down, but I wasn't. And so here's this issue for me. You know, it's me learning that lesson that you've been talking to me about for years, again, in another arena that isn't business. You know what I'm saying? I do. And I think I probably learned this lesson around about the time you were born. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, seriously, because I remember my dad offered me, I could have a BMX bike now that was secondhand, or I could get a new one, but it would be in the future. And I went with the now, but it was a bit heavy mm. and uh, it wasn't as modern as the new ones and, it, and he resprayed it. And it was very, you know, I have loving parents and it's great. I'm not at all having a slight on my parents. He did give me the choice. But I remember every time I looked at everyone else's BMX, I said, I should have just waited. And so being impulsive can have penalties. It can make things more complex. Now you have uh, the wrong thing. And uh, it reminds me of that John Ruskin quote, which I used to use a lot when I was selling Mercedes-Benz. Are you familiar with that quote? Have we talked about it before? I don't think we have. It's, it's great. And I know this episode's going nice and long, but I think it's, this is worth it. This John Ruskin quote is just a great way to think about having uh, less complexity. And it's about things that could be supplied for less because you know people jump in early or mm. cheap too often. I'll just find it. So while, you know, while you're talking about that, the point, the reason that I brought that, yeah. while you're looking for that, the reason I brought that story up is because sometimes simple just means pause and sit and yeah. think and of deliberate. And, like, you know? Some people shoot too early in the market. Uh, like Someone we were just talking about, right? Like we were just talking about someone. Steve Jobs was f yeah. famous for procrastination. Yeah. So his, I mean, I was just reviewing my... Um, OTR after five years and I was just sort of chuckling mm. at all the people who jumped on Periscope and um, and Snapchat to some extent I think too early uh, I don't know if you use Snapchat I don't I just don't I, I don't even have it on my phone I don't know how to use it I'm, there you go so you know. and you're like as savvy and technologically uh, connected and markety as anyone that I know so um, some people built their entire existence around Periscope I'm thinking you are crazy right Right, and they just have so much egg on their face because they were too quick, too early. Uh, so anyway, I want to share with this John Ruskin quote: "It's unwise to pay too much, 
but it's worse to pay too little. Mm. When you pay too much, you lose a little money. That's all. When you pay too little, you sometimes lose everything because the thing you bought was incapable of doing the thing it was bought to do. The common law of business balance prohibits paying a little and getting a lot. It can't be done. If you deal with the lowest bidder, it is well to add something for the risk you run. And if you do that, you'll have enough to pay for something better. So remember, I was selling Mercedes-Benz and people were often comparing us to Saab, you know, some inferior brand. And um, no offense to any Saab lovers out there, but... <laughs> they're just, yeah, no offense, you're just inferior. <laughs> they're out of business, right? <laughs> yeah, I actually bought a Saab and had one, and it was actually much nicer than I anticipated it would be. I had some affectionate memories of it was the first, it was the car that I bought on my very last day of my last job, and only because the car that I'd borrowed from my mum broke down. So I just said, "Hey, what do you got?" They said, "We've got a Saab." I'm like, "Ah, oh, dang, Saab's a four-letter word." I didn't say "dang," I just said that from our American audience. I said something like damn or probably something even worse but i bought it and you know what it was a beautiful little thing and i sold it for profit so anyway the point here is you could also apply this kind of thinking to taking the wrong solution too quickly you often better to sit back like right now i'm going to be in line for an update to some of the software that i use in my business but there is no way that i'll be the first one to migrate to that because past has taught me if you want to go right back to when i was a kid with the bmx bike to even a few years ago with software it's not wise to jump in too early on the technology train like every time someone emails me and they say oh we've got a better version of something like oh we've got a we've got a newer better version of what ezra has with zipify you know would you like to promote us you you should tell me who those people are by the way (laughs) (laughs) it hasn't happened but i'm just using an example that you can specifically relate to sure I, sure. i say my first answer is like come back in a year or so and I'll see if two or three people have already been mentioning it to me outside of you and if it's yeah. still up and running and alive uh, we'll have a look at it but if it was something that you sell anyway I, I wouldn't even go there of course our relationship means far more than that yeah thanks man the, the, and I believe you know you're experiencing this how challenging software can be and how exciting it is when you get it right uh, but gosh there'll be so many people throwing themselves into the market and and people would be unwise to jump on the first thing out or the, the, the next imitator and keep that John Ruskin quote handy. So, you know, yeah. we should probably transition at this point into a willpower wager. Yeah, uh, why, don't we, why don't we transition? We should roll Carol. Let's roll Carol. Yeah, let's roll Carol. Weekly willpower wager. Thank you, Carol. The willpower wager is simply this. What can you remove to make your life a bit simpler? What can you remove to decomplicate things? Take something away and see if you get to the result faster. It's kind of like these computers now. You know, they don't have the the old school disk drive in them. They've just got flash drives. They took away all this clunkiness and they're simpler and they're quieter and they're lighter and faster and they use less battery. Let's do the news and updates. All right. Well, I've got a Zipify Pages launch coming up in September. We are officially at like 2,700 uh, active Zipify subscriber paying members, which is like really exciting. We're on our way to being one of the top Shopify apps, and we're coming out to the public for the first time with Zipify Pages Plus, which is going to have split testing and blogging and like lots of really amazing direct response features for Shopify store owners, and that is September 12th through the 26th. Uh, It'll be our first ever 
launch where we use uh, joint venture partners. Like we've always done all of our marketing ad model, own the race course model content and getting people to subscribe because they like our content. And, you know, with it's interesting, like with the app company, a lot of people are interested in being partners for it and promoting it. And so we thought, okay, this is like a good time to add this on as a potential thing that we do every now and again, where we let folks, um, you know, promote our stuff. And so I'm real excited about that. That's going to be, um, we're going to put out some good videos that sort of add value no matter what, whether or not you have the app talking about e-commerce. And then we will also have like a sales process, uh, for the, um, you know, the plus version of our app, which is pretty fun. Well, I will say two things on that. One is it, it's much simpler to have your own house launched than to coordinate it an external launch so that certainly the the good approach to do up front and to validate your metrics and numbers and give some confidence to people when you do go out to the partner launch but also strategically it makes so much sense to go and harvest your own vineyard first and then let everyone else sell whatever's left like i've seen these uh, product launch formula marketers they do a house launch which is really just code for i mean Sure, they're dialing in their funnel and checking all their metrics. But really, it's just, hey, we're going to go and clean up the market first and then we're going to throw the scraps out and let everyone else have a go at it. <laughs> I think that's quite <laughs> funny. I've uh, seen them do that each year. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't have described it that way, but I hear you. But that's what's happening, I think. They're not paying yeah. commissions on those. They're like, well, thanks for all the lists we've built over the last few years from the previous launches. We're just going to use... Oh, I see what you're saying. They Yeah. We're just going to use them ourselves first, and then they don't give a lifetime commission. Often you're they saying don't. no, and they'll they'll yeah. Um, you kind of should. Quite you know? a few of them will re-cookie the customer uh, and just sort of bring them back in. But even if they're just doing the first launch, that house launch is about shucking the market first and then throwing it out to everyone. Like what? Okay, we've given it a shot. What can you guys do? Yeah, I mean, the kind of the way I thought about it was like, listen, like I've worked so hard to build my community that like I want to offer it to them first, have them be my beta group. Like, you know, just made sense to have it be internal and then. Well, it's like as a business owner, I would recommend you do that. Absolutely. Go, go internal first, learn what you can, refine the machine, take as much profit as possible and then go out to the public. I mean, it's smart to do that. I'm just observing. Um, I question things. I'm curious about stuff like that. The, the news from my point of view is uh, two things. Uh, after my discussion the other day with Taki, who's one of my other po- podcast partners from salesmarketingprofit.com, I was just comparing notes with him about where OTR has been updated because I've been updating um, case studies for a chapter in my book that's coming out later in the year. And we'll talk about that later. But uh, he's been trying lots of things and he originally started OTR because of what I was doing. He saw how it worked and I was I'd made all these notes and I thought you know what I'm going to jot these down onto a whiteboard and then I decided I'd film it so I'm releasing an updated 2017 version of OTR which is five years after I originally launched it and it's coming out next week on my super fast business blog for free so it's, you know that OTR is what got me to jo- join Silver Circle. Like you had, I think it might have been a sales page or a Facebook post, and it was like a picture of your whiteboard, and you were like, "I'm I'm getting together 20 business owners in Sydney, Australia, and I'm going to show them this system." Remember that thing you had? You had like this whole thing. Yeah, yeah and I, I do. That was a, yeah. That, that was saw, a one day workshop. Yes, it was like three grand, and I took people for one day. I took them through the entire yeah. process, start to finish. 
And I'd already been doing it for three or four years with private clients for five grand a month as a service. And then I put a webinar into Superfast Business. At the time, it was probably Fast Web Formula. And then there was a, then I made it an info product, $79. And then I gave it away to like 15,000 people. And now I'm updating it. I've, I've just not been ready to update it, but I'm pretty certain you're going to like it. I think you're going to enjoy this because it's worked well for you so far. And there's probably a few sm- small changes. <laughs> I'd <laughs> but, say I, I'd say it's the backbone of all my businesses. But, uh, but you know, the most important thing, the core idea has not changed at all. Yeah. And I'm still like right now, there's a lot of political tension in America. Mm. And I'm seeing a lot of YouTube accounts getting deleted. Oh, wow. And I'm seeing people, people are whinging and whining about it and, and crying over it. I'm like, well, what did you expect? Mm. If you're going to put controversial material on someone else's platform, sure. they're probably going to switch it off. Sure. Uh, other things, Maldives is coming up. A few more spots left and and then we're done. Superfastbusiness.com forward slash Maldives. If you would like to spend a week or two weeks if you want, buy two weeks on the boat with me in the Maldives, have a little snorkel or a scuba dive or a surf or do some sunbathing if that's even acceptable these days or read a Kindle. Uh, it's going to be fun. I've got some amazing guests coming on this. The cross-pollination of ideas is epic. It, it was inspired really from our first Hawaii Think Get, Get Retreat. That's what sparked this whole thing, especially the surfing for me, but also the concept of coming together in a tropical climate location, talking about business and, and reflecting on your life away from the office. Do you remember that trip, Ezra? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. It was a good times. That was just so good. It was so good. Uh, lucky I wasn't surfing when we went on that trip because I probably would have tried to paddle out at Pipeline there and I would have got yeah. munched. Remember the guy said, don't go out the front. Whatever you do, it might look good, but it's too dangerous. Do not do not go out the front. Uh, yeah, okay. we'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about some comments that we've had. All right. So we got... Um uh, we'll call him Mr. Risk. Well, that's what he calls himself. What What else are we going to call him? Oh, I don't know. I, didn't, I thought maybe you called him that. Bert? <laughs> no, no, that's lit. that is his name on iTunes. Yeah, and by the way, if you um, are listening to this on iTunes, we'd love a review. It helps us in our rankings, and um, we'd also love to know what you think. Like, we're doing this show for you, so, you know, we want to we want your feedback. We want we want to know how this resonates with you and what you're thinking. So if you'd leave us a, um, you know, a comment on the iTunes, that would mean a lot to us. Okay, Mr. Risk, James and Ezra have a great way of capturing important business and lifestyle concepts and making them very real and accessible. Highly recommended five stars. Yeah, that's Love nice. It. Now, we had a uh, comment on our uh, prior episode from Matt Coffey, uh, and he said, competency is a main concern here. One more is experience, pattern recognition, and deciding to make use of historical data to choose help make better risk assumptions and timelines gosh as an emerging forex trader i can relate to that as humans evolved we have taken more risk because capital has been available to front our future self vision that truth you seek is usually the vision which is clearly tied to risk in capital allotment most of the time much of our risk in our business category is financial what you're willing to provide to develop the thinking to support the risk is the only matter at hand if you have committed to the pure hard work of thinking the thoughts that will produce the results that inevitably concurs the risk. Risk. Think at get. 
I bet you didn't see that coming. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Certainly didn't, Matt. That was uh, deep and meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all I was thinking when I was reading that, and I'll be, I'll be straight up with this. I was just thinking how pleased I am to have zero debt, because <laughs> I don't, I don't really. Uh, I don't want to have to hock myself for my future vision. I've gone straight to the end goal, which is cash surplus, no debt, and I will maintain that position and uh, hopefully yeah, debt, continue to grow. That is tough, man. I just don't do debt. Yeah. I haven't for about eight years. And again, that's that's a childhood throwback, and I can thank my parents for that uh, valuable lesson that uh, it helps me sleep at night and I'm a, I'm a happy human. Because I'm not compromised and I'm not desperate. I'm just doing doing life the way that, on my terms. We've got another comment there. Do you want to read that? Yeah. Nick Garrow Fisher says, Ezra, I'm sure you can drive a stick. I've had exactly the same experience recently with a rental car. As soon as I got into a car that had a decent clutch, my confidence was restored. That was on an episode uh, where I told the story about how I nearly um, – with the, the the taxi illustration, yeah, you should go back and listen to it. It's uh, I I, I can't I, I don't know I, my confidence in whether or not I can drive a stick is uh, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't have confidence. Maybe we have an upstate New York stick car owner who'd like to put you to the test. We could do the Ezra stick test and and have a you know an impartial third party report. Yeah, whether you can actually drive a stick. Yeah. I don't know. How could you not even know that that whether you can drive a stick or not? Dude, I drove a stick across the country. Like I thought I could drive a stick, but then we I, I'm literally I okay. I can't okay. drive a stick. You know uh, let me rephrase it. How could you drive a car across the country and still not be hundred percent certain? Yeah, well I don't know, man. I got a <laughs> stick in Majorca and all of a sudden I literally couldn't drive this thing. And I think the car was broken. I mean, I maintain I mean, I don't know, man. But I I, I don't know. I don't know. Had you been eating blueberries at the time? I hadn't been having any consciousness-altering uh, substances, you know, which I don't partake in. So I, I was like, you know, I was I was totally cool. I don't know, man. So we get up to the quote section now. And, uh, I've chosen this quote for myself because it's a quote that I've drawn from a lot over the years. And it's so in line with this topic. You ready for it? Hit me with it. Perfection is achieved not when there is nothing more to add, but when there is nothing left to take away. Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. We may have even used this quote before, but I, I probably in the perfection episode, but I, I just really like this quote. I'm always looking to remove stuff, delete stuff, purge stuff. What can I get rid of? I love taking some furniture out of my house and putting it out on the front nature strip for someone to take away and I feel lighter already. I've got like one couch, one table, uh, one desk, one computer, one phone. I'm I'm down to the least amount of hardware and equipment, uh, the least notes, the least amount of anything at any time in my life except for surfboards i'll be be admitting that one but i'm on the strip down with that too i took three down to the shop to sell on consignment because i'm lightening the load so i'm even making steps there and that's a big call Mm. so smart what's your quote so good yeah i mean uh, yeah okay so my quote is almost all quality improvement comes via simplification of design manufacturing, layout, processes, and procedures, Tom Peters. I've been really sort of like a lot of my creative energy has been on development road roadmap and user interface of the software applications that we're selling. And like, man, 
every time we make things more complex than they should be, we get a ton of negative feedback, you know? It's just like, can you make this simpler? Can you make this easier? Can you remove all these options? Like, what do you guys think you're doing here, you know? And like every time that we have like a feature set or like a, a anytime we ro- roll out a new feature, we always go through it and think like, can we do this in less steps? And it ends, yeah. So, I mean, it's like a big part of my life. That's you know? so smart. Remember when we were looking at home pages a while back and I saw there was a version of a home page that had a lot of things happening on it and and now like my home page has got just a a chooser that's about it there's really nothing there we've just pared it away to the minimum possible but I tell you what that Tom Peters he's a smart cookie I highly highly recommend In Search of Excellence he did this book in the 80s and I learned so much from that book as as a manager. I think there's a lesson in there where they went to the car park and painted out the reserve signs and they said, you know what, whoever comes to the factory first can park closer to the factory. And I thought, that makes sense. I think it's in that book. And it's like this idea of a meritocracy rather than um, these, you know, this uh, hierarchy and bureaucracy and, uh, you know, time in mentality. Uh, Well, this is uh, Think Act Get, you know, we focus on mindset, behavior and results. And the goal of every one of these episodes is to improve your life and your business. And what we are doing here is directed at you, our listener. Like the reason we do this, James and I have plenty of stuff to do, you know, and Think Act Get we do because we enjoy it. We like to talk to each other. We like to sort of geek out on things that um, allow us to improve our life and our business. And so we're really doing this for you. This episode was about simplification, which we renamed to simplify and then decided to still use simplification throughout the episode uh, to make things less complex (laughs) or complicated, plainer or easier. Uh, Simplify. What is it? How are you using it and how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, James. Thanks, mate. And I love this was like a longer episode than normal when we're talking about Simplify. It I know. We just <laughs> reminds we, me of that <laughs> that letter. Like, sorry I wrote you such a long letter. I didn't have time to yeah, write a shorter one. Much. You know totally. how like you put in the prep, you can get there. But um, thanks for listening to us. I know we sometimes get a bit so boxy or ranty or go off topic, but we do have fun with this and uh, it's been a pleasure having uh, us in your earbuds hopefully we'll speak to you later this has been another episode of Think Act Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone for more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter it's free 